Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Catch them while you can. Fixed rate bonds paying up to 5% are disappearing fast. Trapped in an overseas holiday home. Why Brits who bought in Europe, the US and Dubai face massive losses. And endowment mortgages are back as lenders crack down on interest-only deals. All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Charlene Goff. Hello. Steve Lodge. Hello. And our special studio guest, Claire Barrett of our sister publication, Investors Chronicle. Hello. So let's start then with this week's money news. In recent weeks, it's become relatively easy to earn 5% interest on your cash. Fixed rate bonds have been offering these rates over three-year terms, even though the base rate has been held at 0.5% for six months. Competition for savers' deposits has been intensifying, it seems. Principality Building Society was offering 5.11% last week, and Barnsley Building Society was paying 5% from now until autumn 2012. But this week, rate watchers have been warning that these rates won't be around for much longer. And, Steve, I believe that some have been withdrawn already. Yes, Matthew. I mean, you mentioned the Principality was an excellent three-year deal at 5.1. That went this week. Uh, The Barnsley, which is now a little building society bailed out by the Yorkshire and the credit crisis, um, that pulled all its 5% bonds this week. And what's left is paying less. They're still excellent rates, as you rightly say, given that base rate is still 0.5. And experts say, of course, this is one of the rare periods that uh, high-rate taxpayers have been able to earn a real return after inflation, given these very high rates and given this the very depressed level of uh, price increases at the moment. It's been very attractive to, to earn a, a, a risk-free rate. Uh, that's been so high. What's going on now then? Is it that these institutions have been trying to um, raise deposits and they've got as much as they need? Essentially, yes. I mean, they've been, they continue to be desperate for retail funds, but the way they're raising it is going into the market with a particular tranche. The, the, the cost is hedged off in the swap markets. And once they've raised that money, they're, they're coming out again. And then possibly they're going back into the swap market. The swap, swap rates underlying technical money market swap rates have fallen, making it more expensive to maintain these rates. So if they've been sort of coming in and out of the market, does that mean that if some of the 5% three-year um, fixed-rate bonds we've seen disappear now, they could be back in the future? 
They could be, Matthew. But I mean, I think the lesson here has been that competition has reached its peak. I think, you know, rates of uh, rates, uh, fixed rates, particularly these longer term fixed rates, three to five years have gone up by as much as one and a half percentage points since the spring when base rate first hit 0.5. So I think the lesson is grab it while you can if it looks really attractive because it might not be around and the key attraction of course of locking in something like five percent is variable rates are only paying about three percent now so you're getting that premium that potential two percent premium immediately from day one on this on 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 your savings albeit for tying it up um even yes of course base rates eventually will increase and indeed variable rates will increase but that will take time so you'll, you'll be ahead in that race You'll be herring off while the tortoise of base rates and variable rates catches up. And even when they overtake you, if you're only in for a three-year term, you could have been ahead if, um, if you'd been earning 5%. I suppose the term is quite important because there are also five-year fixed-rate savings bonds out there. But uh, I know that some advisors are concerned that if you lock in for that long... Um, you may come out at a, at a point where your rate is not quite as competitive as uh, other rates will be in 2014. Absolutely, Matthew. I mean, you can still get nearly four on one year. Everyone thinks one year is safe. Great. You know, get that 1% uplift now. Uh, albeit with all fixed rate bonds, it's important to remember you can't really get the money out. So it has to be money you can set aside. Two year, you're getting up to about 4.3, 4.4, uh, 4.45 even this uh, this week. That's also safe. Once you get beyond there, you want to be reward, really rewarded for the time, which was the key attraction of these 5% rates at three years. At five years, you're getting as much as 5.45. But as you rightly say, within two years, you could find those rates don't actually look that attractive. And then you could be tied in for another two or three years when other interest rates look that much more attractive. So grab a good two or three year fixed rate deal um, this weekend. And if you want some help uh, with doing that, you'll find uh, a list of the best fixed rate savings deals still available with Steve's new story in FT Money with The Weekend FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, another endangered species on the high street, the interest only mortgage. First, though, overseas holiday property. No primetime TV schedule is complete these days without documentaries about holiday homes from hell or when Bulgarian builders turn bad. But new research in this week's Investors Chronicle has found that it's the finance more than the foundations that are bringing the Brits' holiday dream villas crashing down around them. According to the magazine, the majority of purchasers will never see a return from their holiday rental property and some buyers stand to be financially ruined by their overseas investments as prices tumble and foreign mortgage banks chase their losses in the UK. Claire Barrett, uh, who produced the research, is here with us now. Um, Claire, where are the real black spots for Brits owning property abroad in terms of prices falling? Well, the markets that we've looked at in our special report are Bulgaria, Dubai, Florida, France, Spain and Cyprus. We have found that the biggest price falls have occurred in the two markets where mortgage products generally have been totally withdrawn. 
these being Dubai and Bulgaria. In Dubai, um, Conti, which is the biggest firm of uh, foreign mortgage lenders in the UK, um, have said they cannot get any products um, for apartments at all. They've all been withdrawn. They might be able to get you a 50% loan to value on a big villa, um, but that is an indication of the fact that the, the market has completely collapsed. So like there in Bulgaria as well, if you've bought one of these things, you can only sell it now to a cash buyer because nobody can get a mortgage and take the property off your hands. Now, I remember um, fairly recently um, being encouraged to um, sign up to buy a Dubai property um, uh, with lots of leaflets being given out in and around the city and uh, Canary Wharf. If I had done that and bought a flat, but I had um, got a mortgage that had uh, perhaps a, a fixed rate for a couple of years, are you saying that I now cannot refinance at a low rate? I think you'd certainly find it very difficult. I mean, banks view any kind of property transaction in, in Dubai as being very high risk. Look at what's happened to the economy over there. Um, you know, in the wake of the credit crunch, you've got huge amounts of expatriates who have been living out there coming back. You've got businesses retrenching. You've got the big construction companies which were powering the economy all, you know, in dire need of financial help from other other countries within the region. So, you know, the whole market has literally imploded out there. And if you've bought a flat to rent out, that also makes it very difficult to find a willing expat who's got a high disposable income who wants to rent that luxury property. Another problem that the market's going to have is that there are still huge numbers of flats under construction in Dubai. We have yet to see that wash back. People have paid typically a 10% deposit on these things. They're expected to get a mortgage on completion, which is a legal document they've signed up to. They have to produce that money. So we're probably going to see quite a lot of fallout when those developments reach completion. Buyers find that they can't get a mortgage and then are in all kinds of legal problems as to whether they complete the purchase or in most cases don't complete. And for those who um, have completed and already own a property, um, how bad could their negative equity situation be? There are some property bulls who claim that prices in Europe, for example, haven't fallen that much. But what has your research found? Well, our research has found in general that the price falls um, across all of these markets um, are relative in terms of what the product is that you've bought. Now, if you own a freehold house in France or on the Algarve, um, you know, somewhere nice in Portugal, the kind of product that appeals to a wealthy investor um, who, or, or rather a wealthy person who's going to enjoy that property as a luxury rather than attempt to make money from renting it out through a website, then the prices of those have generally fallen 10 20%, so not too bad. And with the strong euro, um, most people probably aren't all that badly affected at all. But where things have spectacularly gone wrong is the commodity investment product that developers have been knocking out and that um, finance companies have been willingly issuing large loans on. And the prices of these, um, in some circumstances in Spain, Florida, have fallen by 40%, maybe more. And people are finding it's so hard to sell because there's such an enormous volume of oversupply of these units on the market. And there's nothing to differentiate them apart from the price. If you want to sell it, you've got to go low. I've heard that there, there are some um, companies going around buying up properties from distressed sellers who need to get out. And they're getting even less uh, than that. Yeah, um, we found in the course of our research, this is a big problem in Bulgaria where people have bought two-bedroom flats on the beachfront, um, 50,000 or 60,000 euros, probably obtained a mortgage for the majority of that. 
they're now being offered typically 10 to 15,000 euros cash by acquirement firms, many of them based out of Dublin, which is where a lot of the original purchases came from. And some people are just so desperate to get out because they can't rent these properties. They're costing them more and more money every month. Their circumstances at home may have changed. They're basically coming back from their holiday property with a big debt, which they will then have to pay off over the course of the next decade or more. And I suppose one other problem is that it's not just the debt necessarily on the holiday apartment or holiday villa. There have been some quite ambitious financing schemes involving uh, releasing equity from UK properties to to buy overseas. Yeah, I mean, we all know the figures about remortgaging um, as house prices rose in the UK. It's very difficult to pin down how much money people took out of UK property and used as a deposit or to fund um, the purchase of a property abroad. Suffice to say, anecdotal evidence says most people use that to at least get themselves on the ladder abroad. There's one firm that we've looked at in the report who had a financial model on their website which encouraged um, purchasers not only to remortgage their house to obtain a, a deposit to buy a property in the Caribbean but also had the added incentive that the developer would pay the interest payments on that portion of the remortgage to enable the buyer to keep up um, the, those payments until such a time as the property abroad was completed. So people have entered into these kinds of deals um, at the height of the market, not thinking that it's a risk that markets will continue to appreciate and that they'll be able to borrow the money when the property is completed. So they found now that the market's turned, they're in a nasty financial mess. Indeed, it makes a, a package deal on the Black Sea seem all that more attractive. Thanks very much uh, for that, Claire, and for full details of these uh, holiday home black spots. Look out for Claire's feature in Investors Chronicle, which is on sale now in all good news agents and online at investorschronicle.co.uk. And finally today, interest-only mortgages. For many years, interest-only home loans have been the preferred way of financing a property for first-time buyers and for those using their annual bonuses to make lump-sum repayments. But new evidence has emerged that risk-averse lenders are now refusing to grant interest-only loans to employees with bonuses and are once again insisting on a compulsory repayment vehicle such as an endowment policy. Um, Charlene, you've been looking at this area of the mortgage market. Um, What's been happening in recent weeks and months? Well, we've seen a gradual tightening up on interest only over the past year or so. And I think recently that's happening even more. And interest only is is another type of lending that grew very quickly in the boom time, a bit like self-cert, subprime, all these uh, types of lending that banks were very happy to do when prices were going up very fast they didn't really bat an eyelid and they would give you an interest only loan which basically means you don't have to pay any of the capital off you just pay the monthly interest and at the end of the term you still owe the balance Uh, but they were happy to lend those because they knew that well they thought that at the end of the term property prices would be worth so much more they're now a lot more worried about them and they've been in best case scenario asking for a lot more documentation and evidence of how you plan to pay off the balance and worst case scenario just not willing to lend on that basis at all. But isn't it just sufficient to say look I've got uh, this much income I've got this much bonus I'm paying into an ISA that have been doing for a number of years will they not accept that? Well, a few will still accept that. And what brokers have been telling me is that if you've got a very low loan to value, um, they will be more 
willing to offer an interest only payment but if you had a deposit of 25 or 30 percent sometimes even just less than 40 they are becoming much more strict and even you know people working in the city who would rely on interest only mortgages and then use their bonus to make lump sum payments even those people who this is really crucial for this this sort of structure of lending they are finding problems getting interest only mortgages because the banks are just much more wary of whether the bonus will eventually come. So they're saying, okay, you know, you have got this this much income and you are relying on on this sort of bonus, but we have no proof. So in those sort of situations, they are wanting um, a much more evidence or that the bonuses will happen. You know, maybe a guaranteed bonus they would be more willing to lend on if they had that. And also they're asking for more documents um, showing what that person might have invested elsewhere. So they want to see share portfolios, for example. They want to see evidence that they've got equity in other properties that you know they could eventually sell to repay their mortgage. They're just being much, much more strict. And didn't you hear from one lender who suggested that they might um, prefer... Um, for borrowers to have endowment policies, which surprises me given all the problems there have been with endowment mortgages. Yeah, I I was told that um, uh, from HSBC, actually. And they, you know, they said... Uh, and this was just a one-off, one-off case, but they said they would want some kind of endowment in place. And, you know, whether that means an actual formal endowment that we used to have 30 years ago, I, I'm not quite sure. But they basically explained it as, you know, they they wouldn't accept any repayment vehicle that the that the borrower had full control over. You know, they if they... You know, they used to be happy if you said, oh, I'll make over payments or I'm paying into this ISA every month um, and that will pay off the mortgage. You know, they're now worried that you could you know, lose some income and stop doing that at any time. And I think they were keen to have a more formal endowment sort of tied to the mortgage so that they would feel more secure that you weren't just going to stop halfway through. So they did say that. Um, Brokers were quite surprised about that because endowments have are not widely sold anymore. They're not even widely offered anymore, and you know they, they they're generally viewed as quite old old fashioned ways of repaying a mortgage, and in many circumstances have not uh, you know performed well enough. So people have been left with big holes at the end of the term. So, but a bit you know a bit worrying that 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 was mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I think you need to be very careful about uh, the repayment vehicle you choose. Um, thanks very much for that, uh, Charlene. And if you'd like to know more about the availability of interest-only mortgages, look out for Charlene's article in FT Money with the Weekend FT. But that's all for this week's FT Money show. Remember, you can find all of these stories and weekday news on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And you can read and comment on our latest blog posts at ft.com forward slash money matters you can even follow us on twitter from that web page and you can retweet us to all your friends and followers we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form but until then it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from steve charlene and claire barrett from investors chronicle goodbye, goodbye. Bye. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.